<sighs> mark, mark, mark. Sam, Sam, Sam. We've got another banging episode full of wisdom, insight, value for our dear listener, aren't we, this week? Yeah, mainly because it features someone who knows what they're talking about. Yeah. And that someone is a gentleman called Graham Farmer, who any electronic music heads might know because he founded Data Transmission, the legendary Data Transmission. Legendary. Got, yeah. what, 10 years ago? Maybe more? I think they just actually had their 15th birthday. Well, there you go. Happy birthday, Data Transmission. But he's not just the founder of Data Transmission. He has the label. He does some cool shit on Twitch. He does some cool stuff on YouTube. He has a disco shed. He has a disco shed. More on that later. He's not just an expert on social media for musicians, but he's an expert on social media for DJs and producers. Now, if you're not a producer or a DJ and you're thinking, bruv, all right, I'm going to turn off. No, don't, because a lot of what he talks about is still very, very relevant for any musician. But if you are a DJ or producer, then this is the holy grail. We talk content ideas, how to send a cold DM, and a story which might be my favorite story after Maya Beth's uh, Hustling a Wedding playlist. Oh, I know what this is going to be. <laughs> Where he shares one artist that over the course of two weeks filmed 90 90 pieces of content. And every single one of those pieces of content tagged five people that you wanted to work with, whether that was labels, fellow DJs, etc., etc. It was like a dream, a wet dream of content, basically. For you, it was like you just rung up a dirty talk phone line, but I don't know if you appreciated the Helping Musicians podcast irony, but basically this guy set aside a week in January when he had nothing else to do to make all this content. He made 90 pieces of content. We also set aside a week in January to make loads of content, and we made six pieces. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we should go and listen to this episode just like... Like yeah. you. We should probably start it. Over to Graham. So Graham, we'd love to jump straight into value for musicians. You might be my favorite guest we've had yet because I'm obsessed with helping musicians, talented musicians, talented DJs, talented producers smash socials because they make this incredible music or they play these incredible shows. Then they have no idea what to do online, no idea what to do on Instagram, etc. You're basically an expert in that. You do a million things, but that is one thing you're an expert in. So the question I'm going to launch straight into is right now in 2023, what do you think of the three things a new producer, a new DJ, a new musician should do or be doing to like get better at social, improve their chances of getting spotted on social, that kind of thing? Thank you. I guess the first thing is know your audience and you make content for your audience. A lot of people go wrong by just putting out content that they think they want, to, that they like. They've taken a picture and they, it looks good. And it's about knowing your audience and what are they into. When it comes to DJs and music producers, they're in a kind of, I always think, two pools of, of either content things. You're a music producer. So it's your peers, your music production, your production tips, your releases. They're all in kind of producer tips. That's music. That's one. That, that's a you, that audience is your other audience is your DJ maybe and that's kind of like similar music raves you know music the genre you're into and the kind of the average fan will sit across both of those but more in the kind of DJ space I guess because they'll go and see you at a gig they'll go and see you at uh, you know where you're playing and they'll have similar tastes in music so they're your audience. So once you know that audience, right, how do you make content for that person, whoever they may be? And it's then think about that content and what's going to be best for them because people are selfish and they 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 look for certain things and it's to be educated and entertained and or inspired or they want to connect with their mates. So you're fulfilling what their needs are instead of what your needs are, which is probably to sell more records and probably to get more gigs and, and show off your gigs. But that's a kind of byproduct of knowing your audience and knowing what your content they want to watch because if they watch it and consume it then you're the second thing is average watch time get your average watch time up because mm. your content's banging and there's no fluff in any of your content you've thought about the content and you've recorded it 
probably locally and edited it locally and cut every last part of the fluff out of a video. So it really just bang, bang, bang. You know, if there's if there's a, a drop in a record and you've got 20 seconds before it and then you've got the drop, well, you're going to lose people. Three seconds you've got. So yeah. cut that fluff out and have it the other side of the drop so they can hear it afterwards. If you're talking to camera, like make sure you're changing the angle and changing the view and changing, you know, every two seconds you need to do something different and it needs to continuously move, you know? Yeah. So you can keep people interested. Otherwise, they're swiping. And the third thing is filming. Like, where's my phone? Filming is killer. Like... We are, we are, our phones have taught us to, to look at content and watch content portrait. So film it portrait, fill the space. You've got that big space there and people look and swipe and swipe and swipe. And so fill that space. And so many people record like this and yeah. those listening landscape and you end up with black bars either side and it just, it, you, then you have to try and work out the space. That, that content does work in certain spaces and depending on where you're at, which surface of a platform you're going to put it into. Uh, when I say surfaces, it could be, you know, reels, reels, carousels, short form, you know, stories, different sort of spaces have different sizes and shapes. Learn those and put the right content in the right space so it fills the space. Get all those basics right and go work out your, and get the content banging. Then you're, that's where you're going to grow. You know, so many people will say, I don't want to get, I don't want to make social media content. I, I don't want to, I, I know I need to be on social, but I don't want to be on. Then play the game or don't play the game. But if you are playing the game, do it to the best ability. <laughs> um, and make the content people want to watch. Graham, I was I was laughing through so much of that because you, you've basically just been dirty talking for two minutes from the sound perspective. <laughs> Everything you were, everything you, like, you were, yeah, were saying that you two. We are aligned, there. Graham. That's what I can say. Aligned. Yeah. <laughs> I also uh, I like the one liner of "Cut the fluff, bam bam," or "Cut the fluff, bang bang." Could be. Um, what was the name of that audio bullies track, Graham? I feel like it could be a real oh, uh, Nancy Sinatra sample. It could be your yeah, your yeah. I shot him down, bang, bang. Like, cut the fluff back. There there's, there's, right, yeah. there's a real idea for you. Um, there you go. <laughs> let's get a bit more precise about that because, uh, you know, me and Sam immediately know what you're talking about. But if someone is at the start of their career or even not necessarily the start of their career, but the start of, okay, I'm going to take social seriously now, they may not necessarily quite know what you mean by cut the fluff and get to the bang, bang. I think what you're saying is things like you need to be delivering value within two or three seconds. You must not have yep. anything that is not engaging, anything that is potentially boring. But could you, as the expert, potentially expand on that? Yeah, that's, yeah, so that's it. It's, it's like, I always think like review my content and just watch it from a viewer's point of view. Like if you watch it and get bored, your audience is going to do the same. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's right. Just edit basically and look at the video and go, right, is that, is there a bit of space where I take a breath? Cut it out. Is there a bit of space where, you know, the audience looks bored if it's a, if it's a DJ video or the audience is not doing much? People want that dopamine rush and that kind of, instant satisfaction and that's how social works it's it's about that kind of short form dopamine hits the brain and they want things to happen quickly because mm -hmm. the apps and life has kind of driven us that way you know which is whether that's sad or not it doesn't matter it's, that's what that's how social media works and if you that's yeah. what i'm saying when it comes to playing the game like play it just make make the content that people want to see and let's get the hook you've got three seconds to hook someone in <laughs> and you've got to hook them in quickly and that's got to be value in, in three seconds and then and then the next thing is keep them hooked in. So what is the next mm. thing you're going to do? If it's if it's a DJ video, then it's going to be about transitions and it's going to be about showing off your skills or showing off the kind of crowd going wild if it's out there. If it's a clip from a live stream, then it's going to be, again, the best parts of the track or the best, most engaging parts of the track. And if you're 
got a load of energy yourself around that track. Now you don't need to dance on TikTok or, or Instagram to go viral. But if you're a DJ and you're stood bored, behind, mm -hmm. looking bored behind the decks, then again, your audience isn't going to get into it as much as you're into it, you know? So you do have to be a bit animated. And if that's not you, cool. You do you, obviously. But expect lower results than if you're having a great time because it's a great record and you're into it, you know? Mm. Um, the other thing with social from DJs and producers is talk about music. Talk about music to your blue in the face and play records and DJ records and show records that you're absolutely loving. Because when, I tell you, when you're stood up there and playing on, in the decks and you're playing into a large crowd, all you're doing is essentially showing them showing an audience 20 records that you absolutely love that you think they're going to go off to and you're going to go on, you know, they're going to party to and they're going to make their night. And so many people don't do that on social media. They think, oh, they can only talk about their own records and that's it. They can only talk about what the record they're promoting and that's it. That's probably the last thing we want to know about is just show us like so many people that have got like, go and talk about the records you love. And this really resonates really for like people that have been around a bit longer, you know, like if you're older and you're like 35 plus and you think you can't do social media, you literally have got all of this knowledge that you can share about all of the music you've been into for the since the beginning you heard a record. Talk about that on social media because that gives you something to talk about that's, that's easy. It's not hard, social media. It's, it's just you've got to get over that step and that stumbling step and just think, talk about the stuff that you love. And it's music most of the time. You beat me to my next question to you, really, which was angles that don't feel like work because they're actually pleasurable. So if you're a DJ, mm -hmm. you're meant to be really passionate about music. So capturing a mix shouldn't feel too much like work. I think what you've just been saying there is share, particularly if you've got a couple of decades of love and electronic music behind you, talk yeah. about iconic records that um, that you love and get that passion across with the added bonus that with the way music is so cyclical, quite a lot of those 20-year-old records are cool again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> are there any other precise examples of something a DJ or aspiring producer can do to help their socials that actually could be quite fun? One of my course members is actually just, he does, he does a series and he does it every day and he doesn't film it every day. He basically takes two, he took two weeks at the beginning of January and filmed 90 pieces of content over two weeks <laughs> and just blocked out two weeks and has basically made his content strategy for the whole of, for three months. And that sounds like a lot, two weeks of making content, but when you get three months, the other three months to go and make music, it doesn't sound a lot. It sounds, yeah. it sounds mm -hmm. blissful, right? Um, and he's basically done... DJ videos that are top fives. And for those that people that say you can't mix five records in 60 seconds, he's done it. Um, <laughs> because again, he's cut the fluff. He's, you know, four bars of track, then he's two bars and the two mixing together, then four bars of track, then two mixing together, and so forth, you know? And it keeps you interested. It keeps you entertained. He shows five records from, and he's done actually different labels for each one. So he's picked five records from each label. And what that's done is it's connected him to those labels. Um, and whether the videos have got massive re number results isn't that so much of a problem, isn't isn't the big thing for him. What, is, what he's found is some get really, really mad results um, and get loads of, loads of reach and loads of views and some get really tiny results, but they also, those ones that are small, might get him networked with the label or an artist or both. And he's now then sending those tracks to, that he wants to sign to those labels because he's made that connection, he's done that network and he's used the social network to socially network, you know? <laughs> Which is beautiful for him, you know? And that really works from a content point of view. And it just, again, it keeps it simple. Don't overthink it. Definitely don't overthink the kind of value of production. Like raw content is gold. 
if you think you've only got a 200 c- c- controller, that doesn't matter. No one cares what you're DJing on. Just play the records. You know, yeah. no one cares if you've got, you don't need to have a, a DSLR camera like I've got. Your phone is perfect. You don't even need a tripod. Stacks of books work just as well, you know? <laughs> just make the content and put it out and evaluate it and then keep doing it and then reevaluate it and recycle it. And then essentially just learn and test and learn and test and learn and see what works. We um we playfully have this term, Graham, called cynical marketing. And the way we interpret that is the everyone loves to be, you know, told they're good at something. Everyone loves to be complimented, all these kind of very human things. And that if you have a very mm. specific goal, and a lot of this comes back to what you were talking about of like kind of knowing why you're doing what you're doing and knowing what you're trying to do. It's almost the old school why people do covers. A lot of the time people do covers because they don't have that many of their own songs. But if you are a musician that is really, really talented at songwriting or producing, then making a banging remix or making a banging video that feed the thing I love most about your example there is how many butterfly effects can happen there with 90 pieces mm. of content that each have five potential relationships to start. That is insane. That's like speed run networking. It's insane. And I love it. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you about as we record this in March 23, a post you made recently on your own account, which I thought was really, uh, really useful insight was the carousel about content ideas for people that don't want to show their face because, you know, yeah, you mentioned the kind of bad reputation of TikTok, <laughs> especially with certain groups of people of like, oh, it's a dancing app for kids. Like that still is very like much the opinion of a lot of people. But <laughs> even regardless of that, some people just don't feel comfortable showing their face. You know, there's a reason why some people look up to people like Dead Mouse. It's like, oh, my God, he made a career being a really successful DJ. No, he can walk down the street and he's fine. Well, probably not now, but back in the day. So, yeah, I just want to expand on that is even if it's those same ideas that are on that Instagram carousel, you know, if a musician producer is listening right now. You know, maybe let's go down the top three route again. Do you have like three ideas to share with our listeners of content that you can make to help your music stroke your music career that don't require you, your face being the focus of it? You're right. So many people do struggle with it. And I think, I think firstly, let's just, let's just clear it. Like you definitely should put your face on there. The algorithms prefer your face on there. And people prefer seeing your face and kind of that you get that Mm -hmm. connection by seeing your face. Like, you build relationships and you build that connection to a person by seeing your face. And if you're going to perform in front of anybody, <laughs> they're going to see your yeah. face anyway. So what you have to do, anything in life, you have to build up to getting better at it. And you have yeah. to build up to, you know, like you don't start at the gym and, and a buff. You don't, you don't mm. start yeah. running and be able to run a marathon. You ha- Same with content. You have to build up to getting better at content. And it, the first piece of content is always going to take you forever. It's gonna hmm. and and you're gonna it's gonna, you're gonna swear at it a lot and you're you're gonna hate it but you have yeah. to do that one to get to the fiftieth one and then then get better and better and better and as for kind of not showing your face then there's an artist called Amy L and she's she basically grew, created gone from basically DJing in her bedroom and DJing in her garage literally just showing her hands and the process of mixing and showing transitions just from showing her hands and she's absolutely epic and she's gone from basically doing that over a year to playing some of the biggest stages in the world um, just by starting just starting there, just showing their hands and making content like that. The other one is obviously kind of behind you and kind of, you know, if you're producing, then there's a really great feature where you just stick your camera on time-lapse and sit there and produce. And essentially, that's a great piece of content. You're gonna, you can use it for so much stuff. You can put your own music under it. You can put your release under it. You can put, uh, if you're getting chart placing or Spotify playlist support, you can put the playlist stickers over the top and it just it just makes a really easy piece of content with your you in there, but you're not in there. And like I said at the start of this, like the the when you're fishing in the kind of music production pool of of potential fans and potential audience, then yeah, the production breakdown and showing your work and showing your skills and what you've done and 
there's so many, there's so much kind of stigma around. You have to have done lots to be able to show, be able to sh- share production skills, but you you don't. You just have to be better than the next person or the person that's into your music that's still trying to learn. So even showing what you're doing can help someone, even if it's you don't think it can, you know. And again, mm-hmm. if you're if you're tagging a label or tagging, you know, you've made it like you said, you made a bootleg or a cover, and you you're you tag the original label and tag the original owner, then it could start a little other connection of networking that you don't even think can happen. Just a quick question on that. Like a lot of what we talked about is ideas and new things you can do. Is there a flip to that of anything not to do? Is there anything that is harming people that you see a lot? Or is there anything that, yeah, just you know for a fact is not going to perform well that you see lots of people put time and effort into when they could be doing other stuff? The big things are putting the wrong content in the wrong spaces. Like, like for instance, your life. Your life... Mm and your work and what you're, what's not re- relevant to your audience, put that in your stories, but don't put it on your feed. So think about what's going on each surface and how you're going to maximize those surfaces. Um, the other one is just like not arguing with people, not starting fights. Um, <laughs> although an argument in the comments is going to push the, co- is going to push the, is push the content further. So if someone wants to get into an argument, just be polite and nice to them and let them get more, re- get them give you more reach. I mean, yep. The baity kind, I, I, like I'm not into the kind of baity kind of poking to see if I can see if I can get a fight on. Or I'd rather not. I'd rather walk away. Yeah, I, I'm. Just, I was sort of thinking about a ranty kind of YouTube video which I'm going to write later. But I saw someone the other day talking about kind of the day in the life video and how how they hated it and how it was just made the person look stupid. And I was like, well, it's not hurting anybody. And then I went and looked at their content and literally their their last nine posts, three of them had been what they'd done at work that day. And it was just like <laughs> the most the most boring post I'd ever seen. Like I literally swiped through it and it was just like the most boring post. And I was like, it was a kind of coming, you could see it was coming from a jealousy point of view that they'd had all this time to to, to go and make content during the day and while they, I was at work, you know? Um, and the other thing is, it's like the flyer kind of, if you're posting flyers to your feed, I kind of, like you're promoting a gig. Mm-hmm. They're not yep. going to work too well because... Of one of a few things. Basically, if you post a flyer to your feed, the algorithm is going to show it to a small percentage of your followers, right? So if that small percentage of your followers can't go to the gig because they don't live in the same country, let's start with that. City, <laughs> town, it's on a different night, they can't get a babysitter. You've just shrunk that percentage right, right down to tiny. So that's why they're not getting any reach. That's why those things don't work. And if you do want to get more work around, promote, promote them. The whole boost button doesn't really work that well. So if you're going to run ads, learn how to run ads properly. The whole, I, I always think the boost button, you know, the boost and promote button, it's like, I've got, you know, when, I, I don't know if you've got kids, but I've got kids. And basically when you've got kids, they want to go to the arcade. And then when you go to the arcade, it spits out those little blue tickets. And then <laughs> yeah, they basically take those little blue tickets and they basically go up to the, to the counter and they give them to the, the person behind the counter and they give them their own shittiest toy known to man. And as a parent, you think, you think, I could have given that 20 quid and we could have gone to the toy shop and they could have got something really, really good. And that's how I think of like boost and promote. Basically, you're going, you're going to, you're not getting the same value. You're not getting the best value for your, for the, for the money you're spending. And you're getting a shit toy that not is as good as it could have been if you'd gone and spent the money on the campaign and run it yeah. properly. I love that. That's but, great. Okay. So there's, <laughs> Sorry. there's an important, that, I think that's going to be clipped, isn't it? It's going to be between the hook and it's going to be between the hook and the fairground shit toy. Um, <laughs> this is a very quick this might make you laugh Graham we had a bit of grief from someone a few weeks ago and so you know Sam went to check him out and the first line in their bio was nothing but positive energy and good vibes <laughs> so, 
Amazing. Yeah, that did. I, they're um, always my favorite. They're always my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Mm. One of the things I'm liking about this conversation is it's focused on a very specific type of musician. It'd be like us having a chat to a social media expert for an MC or for a solo singer-songwriter. Now, ultimately, the point of putting this effort in as a DJ is to get gigs. It's to have yes. that amazing experience of playing records to people who enjoy hearing those records, make noise, maybe even offer to spend the night with you, et cetera, et cetera. So how do you translate this audience that you've grown by listening to Graham and doing the artist blueprint? How do you translate that audience into actual gigs, paid gigs? The first thing is by making the content and showing your DJing, you're literally reminding promoters and you have to remind people like promoters book artists because they remember, remember them. And <laughs> by using the social media and, and all of the free reach that's in Instagram reels and TikTok at the moment, which won't be around forever and, and, and essentially is coming like is in short. If you're not using YouTube shorts, post mm -hmm. videos on YouTube shorts because there's a whole ton of free reach there right now. You're reminding promoters and you've got video of you doing it and your skills, which you then can pitch to promoters. The other one is, right, again, you could make content to where you write a piece of content that says, these are the top five gigs that I that are, that are in London. Like you say you're a London DJ. These are the top five gigs I would go to this this month. Again, it's that kind of, you're telling people about stuff that, that you should you think's cool. But also, there's a networking thing. The promoter's going to see it and they're going to go, thanks. And that kind of opens that networking. And then it's yeah. about the DMs. Uh, and the final, the final one for getting, really for getting gigs is, ask yourself this question, who do you want to play for? Because most DJs will say, I want to play for anybody. I'll play for anyone. I don't care. The ones that say that are playing for nobody. Because <laughs> they don't know who's booking the shows. And that's the thing you need to know, is who do you want to play for? And once you know that, you're away. One, um, you mentioned something we love to talk about, the power of DMs and the fact you can speak to almost anyone online. Um, I do really believe it's... I, mean, I still find it mind-boggling, the fact you can technically message almost anyone that you want to speak to online. Any DMs, do's or don'ts for, let's say a cold call, <laughs> let's say you've maybe flirted online a little bit, you've done the you know, tagging and a few pieces of content, you maybe got a like off the account or the person that you want to get in front of, but you're like, right, it's time for me to send some kind of cold call, whatever that may be, whether it's mm -hmm. listen to my music, whether it's, you know, can we work together, can we have a chat, any yeah, DM, do's or don'ts? It's You've got to make friends with the person and you've got to network socially and it's mm -hmm. and, you, and you go back to you go back to how did you make friends when you were little <laughs> how did you make friends with the person you're friends with how did you yeah. you, you you said hello and you mm. were polite and you said can i play with you in a really interesting <laughs> in a really basic way you know can i play with your toys yeah. and and essentially essentially it's the same you you're polite and you say hello and you and you you're going to have things in common, you know. You're you're both producers, so you can ask them how they did certain thing in that record that you really love of theirs, and you play up to, you know, you stroke their ego a little bit, give it a little stroke, and and which they're going to love, and yeah. um, and that's going to open a conversation. And again, it's that game that some producers will sit there moaning about and go, and it's like they don't want they don't want to play the game. They want to sit there moaning. Well, they're not going to do that. So just play the game and. Strokes and egos, and then that gets you in the conversation, and then it gets you the network, and then it gets you working with that artist, and it gets you that signing to that label, and you know, rocket to the moon. Play the game, stroke the ego, cut the fluff. I feel like <laughs> a new, I feel like a new Daft Punk 
lyric or it's it my life fatboy slam in it eat sleep rave repeat it's got a bit, a bit, a bit about that i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna have that i'm gonna have that on a t-shirt cut the ego cut the ego i live stream on twitch on mondays wednesdays and fridays and basically i I did, I did a competition where i said to the people in my twitch streams i want you to go and make a record and we'll do it as a competition the win, the winning record will get we'll release it on our labels I want you to go and watch my YouTube videos and make a record out of something from those from those from those interviews. Fully kind of just it was like, right, they're gonna go and watch a load of videos, we're gonna get a load of views and we'll get a load of comments. And also we'll probably get a record with somebody that I've interviewed that sounds really cool. Mm. No, they all basically made tracks out of my voice. Uh, <laughs> So much so grounds. that we now we now have this thing on the on here. So it goes like this. It go, I basically I was basically talking about how I like rec, how I like kick drums, and that's how I choose records for data transmission and the website. And like it's got to have a good kick. So I I said this. Okay, pass the kick test. I quite like the kick. Um, so basically, now we have this kick test, which is basically part of our stream. But they basically made a record out of me. Uh, which we released and we gave away as a free download, which is now at 100,000 streams. And Darius Sorosin <laughs> started playing it all over Ibiza last summer. Wow. <laughs> so when you say about these words and it's got these T-shirts and I'm thinking, oh God, we're going to have another record with me talking yeah. all over it again. But <laughs> bring it Cut on if you fluff. want to sample could, it. And if you, if, yeah, the if summer you, hit if, of 2023. If, yeah, if you sample it, send it to me. I'd love to hear yeah. it. And you never know, we might sign it. Have we got enough time to get it, <laughs> get it ready for Miami? Like if, if your listeners could make one out of my voice and send it to me, I'll, I'll, let's do it. Mondays we listen to demos all the time on my Discord, so go and jump in the Discord on Mondays. We listen to demos every Monday. Awesome, sweet. Well, Graham, we're starting to wrap this up, so I've got two final questions for you. The final question is going to be what piece of new music you love in, but I'm going to ask you that second. So the question that I'm going to ask you before that is just the broad. As we've talked about all sorts of cool stuff here, I think you've really given a lot of value, not just to producers and DJs, but just any musician, you know, who wants to grow on social. Is there anything we haven't spoken about that you think is key, whether that is specifically a social thing or just a more general kind of life philosophical thing as a musician stroke producer that you think is really important? The biggest thing for any musician is who do you know? Mm. And it's very simple. You can get anywhere and do anything in this industry for as long as you like by who you know. Mm -hmm. And whether that is, and you, and by doing that, you just go to part, go to parties, go to conferences because they're killer, yeah. and you can meet a whole ton of people. Um, I would definitely, definitely don't sneak backstage or don't flag <laughs> backstage to get into any kind of green room that definitely doesn't exist, um, <laughs> and try and meet any producers or DJs back there because that doesn't exist at all. But I definitely wouldn't do that. Um, yeah, I would. By the way. Um, your network is your, the biggest thing you own. Whether it's, it's bigger than your music, it's bigger than your skills, it's bigger than anything you own. Your network is, your, is the biggest thing. And then constantly work on your network, constantly work on trying to improve that network and improve the level of people in that network. Um, and LinkedIn is your friend for that, for sure. Awesome. LinkedIn? Yeah, 100%. For in the world of electronic music? Because I think that might be a, quite a, lot, a surprise to quite a lot of artists at the start of their career. Yeah, so electronic music is a business. Everything, every business in it is a business, and LinkedIn is a business platform. and And you can go and search on LinkedIn for any business within it, and you get everyone that works there because most businesses are now on there. The reach, the reach on there for organic posts is incredible. Um, you can get a little Google plugin called Rocket Reach, which basically gives you email addresses for those people in mm. that you search for. Um, 
and it's killer. Like I do most of my business from pitting people up on LinkedIn and searching people and finding people on LinkedIn. It's great. There you go, kids. Get on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Final question for you, Graham. As a new music fan, as a just a, clearly someone that's passionate about electronic music, I'm going to ask you the question, what's one piece of new music that you're loving as we record this on the 8th of March, 2023? I'm glad we're doing this right now, March, 2023, uh, because there's a record that came out last Friday mm-hmm. and it's absolutely beautiful. Um, oh. It's by Mason and the Masonettes. Mason is a Dutch DJ producer. He had a massive hit with it called Exceder and Perfect Exceder a long time ago. Um, mm-hmm. He had an album out in Touring, which actually helped him with his marketing along, uh, in 2020. So this record came out on Friday. He's, he basically got to dig into the Philly Soul back catalogue and he created his own backing group called the Masonettes. Um, it's come out on another rhythm, which is a label I absolutely adore. Um, and it's a beautiful disco record uh, with an amazing vocal. And I'm sure you're going to hear it a lot over the summer because it's stunning. Um, and even if you don't, just go and listen to it and enjoy it because it's like the production is incredible. It's, they use a full out. Like I'm sure he's using a whole band because it sounds warm and beautiful and essentially mm. Philly Soul, which is, which is a sound I love. Beautiful. Wow. And that's a very right. different sound for him, isn't it? Because that Exceder track wasn't Philly so Soul. So that Exceder track anyway, was in the middle of Electro, so it was yeah, really, exactly. but, he's, but he plays a lot of disco. His, his, uh, if you listen to his album, Frisky Biscuits, which came out in 2020 on tour, there's a load of disco kind of influence and houses right. and influence in there. Um, but this is, it's a beautiful record. And I go and have a listen. It's great. Um, we just premiered it on my data transmission channel, um, soundcloud.com forward slash data dash transmission. So go and have a listen to it on there. Awesome. Right, Graham, where do you want to send people? If they've listened to the end of the show, they've had an amazing time. They want to know more about you and what you do. Where should it go? YouTube, the best place because I put out your videos every week. Discord, there's a whole community of us on there or just Instagram. And I'll you'll see everything going from there anyway. But YouTube's the main place. I want to get to 100,000 followers this year. And it's growing nicely. So go and watch a load of video. We put a lot of time into the videos. We, we write, write a lot and we try and get as much stuff packed into the videos as possible. So YouTube's our home, really. And make a song out of the YouTube videos. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>